As we try to bring up our kids with a healthy worldview, one that will govern their attitudes and approaches to life and to God, here's a question. What is our point of reference? How do we determine ultimate reality and truth, issues of right and wrong, good and evil, wisdom and foolishness, and, for that matter, beauty and ugliness? For the Christian parent, our moral compass traditionally has been either the church, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, or maybe a a combination thereof. And for centuries, at least in the Western Hemisphere, this has also been the foundation of our personal freedoms, our system of justice, and how we raise our kids. But now, these fundamental ideals are being challenged, and our Christian faith is coming into conflict with their everyday affairs. Today, preparing our kids to live, love, and flourish in a post-Christian America. This is Licensed to Parent. Well, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long wilderness-based Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host on the program is founder and director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And Trace, uh, it seems to me anyway that Christians have gone from being a people group with high intelligence, moral integrity, positive influence in their communities, and, well, people to be emulated and trusted to, I'd say arguably, a group of below-average intelligence, average to less-than-average moral integrity, little to no influence in their communities, and a people group who are no more trustworthy or worth emulating Mm. than anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, so you're right, and, and, and this turn in perspective has happened in a relatively short period of time, Rich, and, and, and though it's just my perspective, uh, I happen to believe that Christians, though certainly guilty of shooting themselves in the foot uh, in many ways, have largely been the scapegoat of a culture that has come so far off the rails that it almost needs a whipping boy, so to speak, uh, on which to cast judgment and blame, someone or something that takes the heat off the, I, I think, the legitimate reasons of, of our world being so screwed up. So we've become that whipping. I, I believe yeah. so. Uh, but though we can be a problem and are, uh, we're far from the problem. Uh, again, this is my perspective. And we certainly have room like any other people group to improve. Uh, but let me ask you this, Rich. What other people group, religious or otherwise, is condemned, stereotyped, and bigoted against so vehemently with virtual no public outrage. None that I know of. I mean, this is just one of the obstacles uh, we need to keep in mind as we bring up our kids with a biblical worldview today. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that our guest is going to be able to help us with this. Yeah. Our guest on Licensed to Parent is Gabe Lyons. Gabe is co-author of the books Good Faith, which came out in 2016, and Unchristian back in 2007. He's also the author of The Next Christian from 2010, which he wrote as a manifesto for how Christians can faithfully lead in a changing culture. He is uh, now the founder of Q, which is a learning community of Christian leaders called Sophisticated and Orthodox by the New York Times, by the way, where they're equipped to engage our cultural moment. Q equips Christians to apply their faith to daily life by addressing some of the most difficult and controversial issues of our time, and certainly our topic today falls into that. Gabe speaks now to over 100,000 people each year on topics related to the intersection of faith and public life. He uh, lives in Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, Rebecca, and they have three children. Gabe, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be on with you guys. Gabe, the the tagline to Licensed to Parent program is insight for today's culture. Uh, 
can you share with our listeners why it's so important for parents in 2017 America to actually have some insight to today's culture? Well, God's called us to be on mission, you know, wherever we are. I think we're all living in 2017 for a purpose and a reason, and God's not confused about what's happening in our culture, even though many of us can be at times. Uh, and, you know, I draw great uh, wisdom from from understanding the men of Issachar, which I'm sure is somebody you guys talk a lot about who sure, understood yes. the times sure and knew what to do. And, and I think I think we need understanding. I mean, I think a lot of people have information right now about our times and knowledge, but, but not necessarily understanding. And I think what God's um, desiring of the church is that we would understand what's happening and see the opportunities because the many things that feel chaotic to a lot of Christians in the world, uh, our neighbors are feeling that chaos as well. And there's an opportunity we have to lead well and to understand the culture so much. So not only can we survive and thrive and understand how God might want to work in the midst of that, um, but also that we would actually uh, be those that could lead others to understand how to engage uh, our current moment. Mm -hmm. And and that's what Q is all about, right? Yeah, so Q is a a website conference, a content uh, producer. uh, QIdeas.org is our website where for over a decade now we've been curating talks by some of the leading voices um, in every kind of cultural space you could imagine, every kind of work industry, from media and entertainment to politics and government to business entrepreneurs, um, to those who make music and film and movies. And, and largely, we bring together Christians who are interested in how do we understand how the gospel moves forward in a world that's changed so drastically that even by your introduction description, you know, post-Christian, where um, Christian ideas no longer really hold the same merit or weight uh, as we think about our world and how things operate and how they should operate. And so we really have to reintroduce faith. And so where better to do that than all these wonderful places where God's already placed us in the world. And so through Q, we're trying to help encourage confidence that the Bible, that scripture, that the beliefs that we've held for ages as Christians actually bring human flourishing. They actually help our neighbors and our friends have a more flourishing, good life um, when we properly understand uh, what it is that Christ has called us to be and to do and how to operate in the world. And so we're trying to take that to the front lines of the culture as well as inspire the church to do the same in their own communities, their own congregations, as we try to disciple believers to um, really rise to the occasion and to engage this moment with confidence that God's at work, that we know revival historically always happens when the culture feels the way our culture feels right now. And even when the church feels a little like it's in a fog, uh, that that's when revival happens. So we're trying to preach that message and encourage people to believe and to do the part that each of us can do in that process. It goes yeah. back to understanding the times, doesn't it? Yeah, and Gabe, I've been to qideas.org and uh, it very well put together. It sort of reminds me, and you may have heard this before, maybe this was part of the impetus in starting it, but it reminds me of TED Talks, but with a biblical worldview. Uh, in the way that you're, you're, you're just okay. having all sorts of people from all walks of life address how faith and culture interact. Yeah, a lot of people do draw that comparison because we, we try to, at our events, do short talks, nine-minute talks, where the audience actually has the clock counting down. They can see the clock, and the speaker mm-hmm. has to stick to that time, and we pick topics first. 
that need to be addressed. So, I mean, we're engaging all the issues, I mean, today, the, the yeah. tough ones, things like sexuality and transgender or technology and how we think about that in our life or design or business and entrepreneurship or politics and, and the current election. Like, we're, we're really interested in talking about the current issues. So anything you're seeing on the news or reading, we're having a conversation about what does that look like through the lens of faith? How am I to think mm. about that and how do I engage in real conversations with my kids, with my friends, um, in a way that's not weird and outdated, but in a way that actually brings understanding and clarity. And so, um, you know, the thing about Q is, is you're going to get exposed to a lot of different points of view, a lot of different, uh, ways of thinking. But, you know, as our tagline says, we want to help Christians do three things, stay curious. So let's not ever just think we know it all. Let's keep learning about this great world that, that we live in and that God's created. We want to think well, so that speaks to our worldview. How do we really be thoughtful about things, not just reactionary or just parrot what somebody else told us, but let's think through what it is that we're saying. And then finally, let's advance good. Let's let's actually go out and love our cities, love our neighbors, be the kinds of people that embody the kind of love Christ has called us to. Gabe, what do you think are some of the specific things that our kids, that today's Christian kids are specifically dealing with that parents may be totally blind to? What what are some of the big the big movers right now? Well, I think um, when we're talking about older teenagers, uh, the things they're dealing with uh, are technology, which I know you guys address very robustly in a serious way. They're they're trying to they're trying to understand and navigate real relationships with human beings, and they don't really understand how to do that well because so many of the people around them have technology in their hands, have it as a, as a distraction or a block relationally mm-hmm. when they're trying to connect or engage. And so parents must be aware of that. And, and also as parents understand that we need to be taking account of how we're using technology. That's um, exactly because right. if it's impacting our lives and we're not knowing how to responsibly manage it, then it's really hard and difficult for us to tell our kids to stay off technology when their first view of us many times is seeing us just looking down at our phone. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one area. I think the other area is um, for parents is to take the time, take the time to engage eye to eye with your child and really get into their world and, and try to even uncomfortably probe to understand where they're at. Yeah. And it will be uncomfortable too, because <laughs> these kids are, Exposed to engage in things that uh, past generations only dreamt about. If 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 that, but time, as you say, time is always an issue, uh, particularly in our fast-paced twenty-four-seven uh, entertainment and information age. In 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 light of of living in a time when when our kids need us the most, though they they seem to have us the least. How do we yeah. best uh, mitigate that, navigate that? When especially in a society that that really uh, demands. Two parents work in the home. I mean, uh, aren't aren't we going to have to be a little bit more courageous about uh, living counterculturally and and maybe yeah. uh, be uh, more satisfied with less stuff? Yeah. Yes. 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 I mean, I completely agree. The call to live a countercultural life has never been stronger in sort of the new American age. I think that we've lived in than it is today, and I think that's a wonderful thing for the church to be challenged again, to reconsider yeah. what do we really believe and are we going to implement that in our lives or not? And that's the great opportunity of the cultural moment we're in is that the church can go back and say, man, what is it historically that we've done over uh, two millenniums 
to be faithful, no matter what kind of cultural moment we're in, and let's recover some of those things. And that's a lot of at Q with our work. We're trying to help churches, pastors, leaders, parents understand these ways in which the church has always been faithful. And you know, one of the simple ways has been we've always been the church has always been some of the most hospitable people that there are, meaning right. that we extend hospitality to our friends, our neighbors. We open our doors and welcome people into our homes and share meals together. Um, you know, that's countercultural today, and right. it's not that hard to do, but cook a meal for a friend, and all of a sudden, you've done one of the most countercultural acts yeah. in society. Who goes next door to borrow a cup of sugar anymore? And, and, right. and when someone comes over to visit your family— you're almost you're you're insulted that they didn't call you first, and and you know I'm 60 years old. I grew up in the Chicago area, and you know in the 60s and the 70s even, uh, we had families uh, uh, show up on a Saturday morning. We're all in our pajamas, and my I remember my dad just cussing up a blue streak that you know the, the Joneses showed up. They got all their kids here. He he goes back in. He combs his hair. He puts on a shirt. And for the rest of the day, we're playing board games and having a good time with the Joneses. That just seems like that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. No, it's true. I mean, so much in our society, the structure, as you said, the busyness, um, the individualism of how we build our communities, all of that's contributed to a hyper-individualism mm-hmm. that's all about our own time and schedule. We don't have margin, um, not not even for our kids, much less for friends or, or just the occasional stopover or the thing that's unplanned. And that's a negative. And I think our churches are going to have a higher relevance in our lives as Christians, and they should if we can become and create the kind of communities in our churches that start to have different expectations. I mean, we're having a conversation in our church right now about how are we as parents going to bond together around technology and actually live off the same page and have the same sort of rule book and the ways of thinking that makes it um, actually more of the mainstream to be limited on how we think about use of technology and, and how we're using it in our church youth groups and, right. you know, all those kinds of conversations, you know, that most people don't even have time to think about. It feels annoying yeah. and, and doesn't feel in step with where the world's going. And yet we need leadership in the church to help us because I think if we don't prepare our kids for the world they're stepping into in the next decade or two um, with a countercultural view of the world, and they're just swept up in whatever the current trend is, then then we've actually not done well to transition and hand off to a new generation. And that's exactly what's happening. Uh, the, the, the church has become a microcosm of the culture rather than a change agent in it. Uh, and if, if I can help you with that uh, uh, digital thing, we, we have a thing called Raising Healthy Kids in the Digital Age. I go around uh, uh, the country t- talking uh, a message on mm-hmm. that very topic. Uh, I'd be curious how... Uh, pastors receive outside help uh, from your organization. Uh, I, it used to be they were pretty closed off about any outside parachurch organization coming in and say, hey, listen, I can help you out. But I think things are getting so bad that uh, they may be more uh, open to some of that stuff. What's been your experience? Yeah, I'm, I'm experiencing the same thing. I think for a while it was very insulated and the church figured – they could solve any of their problems and they mm-hmm. could come up with the right programs and customize their solutions. And I think they're realizing now that, that the church has to spend more of its energy on true one-on-one relationship, discipleship, solving problems, meeting with people, counseling them, uh, you know, almost in the urgent care sort of environment of a hospital. Um, and they need partners that are thinking at a deeper level about some of these more significant issues and topics 
that they're never going to have time to yeah. go deep into and don't need to become the experts on. They need to rely on places like you and things like you to help them uh, in some of these areas where they're just not going to, they don't need to hire staff to do it when they can partner with um, parachurches that right. are here to serve the church. I think the church has become almost triage. Yeah, uh, to some of the deeper issues that digital technology in particular has, has, has helped and, and, and Gabe, what, what you bring up here is what Scripture has told us all along, and that is that we are all members of the body. And any time a church, or a Christian for that matter, insulates himself or itself and cuts itself off from the rest of the body, you know, at very best, we're reinventing the wheel 800 times mm-hmm. a day. But at worst, we are trying to operate without the heart, the hands, the head, that you know, all the other parts of the body that we need to be effective Christians. It's also how cults are made. Well, exactly, yeah. exactly. We're That's talking right. today on Licensed to Parent with Gabe Lyons, author of the book Good Faith and founder of Q. You can learn more about Q, its annual conferences. And as a matter of fact, the Q Commons simulcast coming up on October 26th by going to qideas.org. That's the letter Q, ideas.org. We'll be back with more conversation with Gabe Lyons in just a moment. Everywhere we go, we're surrounded by screens. Have we entered into a techno-utopia or a virtual prison? Prison. Is our social experience richer and deeper or more shallow and artificial? Discover insightful answers to these questions in the documentary DVD, Captivated, Finding Freedom in a Media Captive Culture. You'll learn from media experts, church leaders, and inspiring individuals and families from across the country, including Trace Embry and students from Shepherds Hill Academy. Most importantly, you'll discover how God's Word addresses the unique media challenges we face today. Captivated, finding freedom in a media-captive culture. Available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parents to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent. Again, you'll find us and past programs if you'd like to catch up on your listening at LicensedToParent.org. And today we're talking with Gabe Lyons, author of the book Good Faith and founder of Q. You can find out more about uh, Q, the Q Talks, the Q Common Simulcast coming up in October at QIdeas.org. Trace? Well, Gabe, we live in a world of uh, 24-7 entertainment and information. Uh, 
basically uh, on the hip pocket of every uh, every kid in America, uh, to one extent or another. How do we get our kids uh, to think more often, more seriously, and more deeply about eternal things? Well, I think we have to build it into the structure and the rhythms of our life today, which is harder than ever. It takes a lot of intentionality from parents. Mm-hmm. But to create those moments, um, maybe it's not daily. Maybe it's three times a week where your children are coming together with you around the dinner table or maybe in the evening or the morning to have a real heart-to-heart about the world, about the questions that they're facing, and then what does Scripture say about that? I mean, one of the things we understand is that millennials today, which are the 19- to 35-year-olds, that they actually have left the church in adulthood when they did not have a clear and firm view of Scripture's authority in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when Scripture did not have a real relevance to them, they're easily walked away. When they just had the church experience, but not something deeper rooting them, um, then that was the clear sign that they, they may walk away. And I think um, as parents, we have to remember that, and we need to bring the Bible out. We need to talk about what Scripture says. Um, there's some great resources there now to, to do that, all, all, you know, from iPhone apps to discipleship studies to ways in which we can engage with our children. Um, and one of the ones we use is something called Kids Read Truth. Uh, which actually takes scripture and breaks it down into a way that kids can really engage the stories and understand it. The storybook um, Bible is an amazing Bible that helps always bring Jesus into every single story in, in the Bible. And and maybe that, you know, to some parents sounds, man, that's just basic. Well, yeah. the reality is that's where the church is at right now. It's it's about getting back to the basics. It really is. Prayer. And in doing that, I think our children start to realize, okay, my family actually believes this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're actually going to live our lives that way. Yeah. And if we are living our lives that way, we've actually given them something to hang on to as they venture into adulthood. If we haven't, and we've just sort of subjected them to some spiritual ideas that they don't really see affecting our own decisions in our own life, mm-hmm. then we haven't really prepared them, I think, for what the challenges are they'll, they'll encounter. You're exactly right. And I liked what you were talking about. You have to weave this in the fabric of their everyday life, our everyday life. They've got to see us living it out. And I think we, we need to be using digital technology as a tool rather than a weapon to promote the gospel. Um, and, uh, you know, but I do think that, that parents see uh, video games and social media in it. Sometimes a TV as a babysitter, uh, when they should be, Demanding, I'm going to just go say demanding that some of that time be toward whatever it takes to adopt a biblical worldview. If, it, if it's some kind of Christian video game or actually actually opening up paper and ink uh, scriptures, but the parents have got to be involved in that. And, and uh, there's some things that I think, and I know that we live in a culture that doesn't really know how to identify with sacrifice too much, but there's some things that we as parents are going to have to sacrifice to assure that our kids are thinking straight. Your comment. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I completely agree. It requires sacrifice of time. It's unselfishness. And I think parents before us actually were more conditioned to think and operate that way, but in Mm -hmm. our society that continues to pump the self and say that, you know, our time matters as much as our kids or our careers are as important as our kids. Mm-hmm. We've really started to, 
to treat our children in, in less of a manner in which I think God requires of us as parents to do, especially as Christian parents. So I couldn't agree more. Figure out where we can cut, where we can sacrifice, where we can make time up and get that quality time with our kids, even at our own you know, expense of, of accomplishing some goals maybe that we have because the future depends on it. Right. And this is our this is the heritage. Well, and, and to be fair, I mean, my parents had more time. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't have... Uh, uh, Texts to send and bringing their, their their work home with them and emails to, to to look at and and then there's the whole idea of the postmodern worldview that that gives uh, uh, our kids a more uh, narcissistic approach to reality. So there's a lot of things that play into this, and I'm really glad you're doing what you're doing uh, at Q because I think it, it it offers people time and opportunity to, uh, to to share these things because we all have a piece of this puzzle, and if we can all bring what we know uh, about our little pieces uh, to the broader uh, table, uh, that's what we need. I mean, that, that's exactly what we need. And Gabe, I know that back uh, in April of, uh, of 2017, you had the Q2017 conference with speakers from all over the world coming in to, to speak truth into the, the, the thoughts, minds, and hearts of, of those who attended. Coming up in October, October 26, 2017, uh, is Q Commons. Tell our listeners about that and how they can connect and be a part of that. And, and I guess also, if you want to tell us about Q 2018, do that. But uh, tell us yeah. how, how people can get connected with Q. Well, annually we do an event in Nashville, Tennessee, downtown Nashville, called Q 2018, coming up April 11 to 13. And leaders will come in from all over the world, and, and, and not only leaders, traditional leaders, but people influencing from parents and stay-at-home moms to those who are working as teachers and, and involved in any kind of industry or field you could imagine. It's not just a church ministry conference or pastor's conference. About a third of our people are coming from that kind of an environment, but two-thirds are coming from every walk of life who care about worldview, care about understanding the times we're in and, and how we can engage. And so you can learn more about that at our website at qideas.org. As you mentioned in the fall, we do something where in 150 cities around the U.S. and around the world, evenings are hosted, almost town hall style meetings to have a similar conversation around how do we engage our cultural moment and what are the issues happening in your own town? So there'll be three local talks happening, addressing issues in your city or topics that need to be addressed. And then we also broadcast and unify those 150 cities and over 25,000 people um, through three talks that we provide um, that are meant to continue to engage and equip Christians uh, to better understand what's happening. And, and our theme this fall is called Healing Our Divided Nation. And I don't think it could be a better timed event well, uh, for Christians to come out and be a part of the healing. We're going to have a talk on technology on managing technology um, that's going to specifically speak to how much technology is impacting our lives and try Mm -hmm. to challenge these leaders to think well about how they're affecting not only their children, but the industries, organizations, schools that they're leading, as well as the communities in which we live. So that's with those maybe listening as well as with you. Sure. And and that technology thing, we have got to totally rethink the paradigm there. Yeah. We've been talking today on Licensed to Parent with Gabe Lyons. Gabe is co-author of the books Unchristian, What a New Generation Really Thinks About Christianity and Why It Matters, and Good Faith, Being a Christian When Society Thinks You're Irrelevant and Extreme. He's also author of the book The Next Christians, The Good News About the End of Christian America. And as we've just been mentioning, he's the founder of Q. 
You'll find out more about Q by going to qideas.org, including information on the October 26 Q Commons simulcast. So, Gabe, you got your plate full. Thanks for carving out some time to be with us today on Licensed to Parent. Thank you. Yeah, keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. And that wraps up another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy, helping teens in crisis. If you'd like to find out more about this ministry, including how you can become one of our ministry partners, we'd love to have you visit us online at licensedtoparent.org. And if you have a troubled teen or know of one and would like to get help, please go to our website and click the link for Shepherds Hill Academy or simply go to helpmytroubledteen.org if we can be of any help to you and your family. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to tell a fellow parent about us and then join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.